world. It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen, coming at you Monday through Friday, each and every weekday. So make it a part of your daily routine and make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, Blazers lose in Utah to the Jazz. Oh, their biggest game of the season so far in the in-season tournament. They fall to to the Jazz. Uh, just a just a final final eleven minutes couldn't score at all, and that was the difference in this one. Just a fourth quarter where the offense was not available. Talk about that. Do our fastest recap in the West. I want to talk about their approach in the fourth quarter in the second segment a little bit. Uh, I think there is a question to be had. What do they want to do? What what is it? What is it that they want to do? And I I, I think that's worth asking and, and and kind of walking through a little bit. That's what we'll do in the second segment. And then let's talk about the rebuilds. The Blazers play a team in Utah that has a year removed from a heavy pivot off of a successful team and trading away two veterans. The Blazers are now ten games into a heavy pivot and trading away a franchise icon. These two teams have gone about it differently, and I think what they do in the next steps will be different too. And I want to talk about the sort of two different approaches that we saw, maybe not on display, but two franchises with similar sort of paths up and the paths they've taken to get to this point where they got to go up from here. Let's, <clears throat> excuse me, let's do what we do. Start it with a fastest recap in the West. Blazers lose 115, one, excuse me, 115-99 against, uh, against the Jazz in Salt Lake City. Uh, Blazers led 28-36, at, or excuse me, they trailed 28-36 after one. Hung around in the second quarter. Uh, they were down 58-67 at halftime, down nine going into the break. Blazers turned the ball over 12 times in the first quarter. Um, Jamari Bouye came in and turned the ball over four times in his shift, including just picking up a pivot foot and traveling. Um, that was basically the reason that the Jazz had their comfortable lead. Uh, the Jazz had 12 more shooting possessions, if you count free throws as well, 10 more field goal attempts in the first half than than the Blazers. Uh, they had 16 points off turnovers. I think points off turnovers is a little bit misleading, but... Um, you know, it, it just like raw chances, right? They had more shot, more shot, more chances to take shots at the rim. Uh, the Blazers are not good enough, good enough on offense to lose the possession game and be competitive. Uh, they, but they hung around. They battled. This is what they do, uh, and they stayed with it. Down nine at halftime. Down nine after three. Eighty-six, ninety-five. They're actually within three with a minute and fifty left in the third quarter. The Jazz closed, closed the third and got into the fourth strong. But like the Blazers were, like they were still chipping away and chipping away and chipping away. And after, um, you know, the lead changes early in this game, and the Jazz held the held the lead from the you know late first quarter on in this one but Portland battled back they battle back in the third they battle back uh, to open the fourth quarter uh, they get a, a deep three from from uh, Shaden Sharp on the left wing, like a 30-footer pull-up late, late in the shot clock. He needed to shoot it, hits it cash from 30 feet. Uh, then they get a steal and kind of a bad pass, and, and uh, Shaden Sharp gets, a, gets fouled, but it's a, determined to be a clear path foul. He hits two free throws. Then the Blazers get a stop, and Skylar Mays comes down, scores on that little inside hand layup that he loves so much. Right hand to the left side. 
Uh, Damian Lillard special from Skylar Mays. And all of a sudden, a minute into the quarter, it's 95-93. The Blazers rip off a 7-0 run to, to start the quarter. It's a two-point game, 11 minutes left, toss-up right there to to be had. Game's, game is there to be won, and the Blazers don't. Instead, they go 2 of 20 over the final 11 minutes from the floor Yikes. Yikes. Uh, they scored just 13 points in the fourth quarter. They were outscored 13 to 20. It's not like the Jazz were running away with this thing. The game was there for them, but the offense disappeared in the final 11 minutes. Two of 20. Two of 20 after it was a two-point game. Jazz ripped off a 13-zip run to push it to 15 with five minutes and 40 seconds left. And the final half of the quarter, the Blazers just like... You know, they they just they're not they don't have enough firepower to scramble like that. They're not gonna win the final six minutes by sixteen. Um it's just they just don't have that. They gave themselves an opportunity and then they blew that opportunity. That's your fastest recap in the West, ninety-nine. They lose one fifteen ninety-nine to the box score. Jeremy Grant twenty-six points uh to go with two boards and one assist, a Jeremy Grant special. Uh Tumani Kamara got the start tonight. Blazers uh change up the or Chauncey Bopes change up the starting lineup, starting with the going with the rookie. Tumani Kamara finished with nine points and five boards in twenty-five minutes. Uh twenty-two and ten to go with three dimes for DeAndre Ayton. I thought he had a really solid game and the Blazers just forgot how to get him the ball late in games, as they do. Uh, it's kind of their move. Shaden Sharp struggled shooting the ball, but filled up the box score 17 points. Eight rebounds, seven assists, but four of 16 from the floor, two of 10 from three. Uh, while the Blazers were struggling late, and like they were struggling late, Shaden Sharp was, he looked tired. He looked tired. He played 40 minute, 41 minutes tonight, 40 minutes and 59 seconds, according to the NBA box score. 41 minutes. He's playing 41, 42 every night in the league. He's, he's leading the league in minutes. Like he's just, he's just. He's young and he can handle it. And guys in the '90s, like I, I, I grew up watching basketball games where they played six dudes and everyone played, you know, forty-five minutes a night, and it was normal. Um, it's not that normal anymore. I think we have enough science to suggest that maybe it's too much. Um, it's it, can he do it? Sure. Should he do it? Absolutely not. Uh, you got to find a way. Like the Blazers are going to lose some games, and playing Shaden Sharp less is going to cause them to lose games. But he's got to play less. He's got to play. Got to play a little bit less. Got to play like thirty-eight. Got to got to steal him two minutes in each half, two minutes in each half. You got you got to figure out how he's not, how he can not be on the court because he's playing he's just playing too much. Um, and it's we're ten games into this thing and the team's three and seven. Um, it's okay if they lose to it's okay if they get shelled in two minutes in each half with him not on the court. Skylar Mays six points and ten uh, assists. He continues just to run the offense. Um, his own offense is a little bit of a struggle, but six points, 10 assists, uh, in his 31 minutes, uh, Jamari Bouye, I had a tough, yeah, my man had a tough seven, seven, 17 minutes, uh, over five from the floor over two from three, four turnovers and a rebound, no assists. Yikes. I, I if you're not going to, if he's not going to score, or set folks up like I, I just think again it's like this is he's he was unemployed right he's unemployed a couple a couple <laughs> a couple days ago um, he he's a two way guy who just like can't play in the league right now no fault of his own but the, he got he kind of got exposed in this one uh, six points from Matisse Thibel off the bench uh, 
Duop Reef scoreless. Uh, Blazers played the end of the bench at the very end of the game, so we got it. Ish Wayne Wright made his debut. They played two and a half minutes of of, of true garbage time at, at the very end. And Jabari Walker, 12 points, eight boards, saved him for last, and two, two steals and a block. I thought Jabari Walker was great in this game. He closed the game. He was on the court in the, in the fourth quarter at, at quote-unquote crunch time, at winning time, I think is more accurate. Um, it wasn't Kamara. It was Walker as, as your small forward next to Jeremy Grant, Mays, Sharp, and DeAndre Ayton. I thought Walker was, was great in this game. Plays his, he played hard, played really, really aggressive defense, moves his feet, active hands, rebounds, made his threes tonight, two of three from three. When he does that, he's a different basketball player. I thought he was really solid. On the Jazz, Jordan Clarkson got hot early and stayed hot late. 30 points for JC, 21-9 and nine for Lowry Markin, and 14-10 and 10 for uh, John Collins. Oshayek Baji had six and eight boards. Uh, rookie starting point guard, Keontae George, finished with 15 points and seven assists. Kelly Olenek, 12 and 12 off the bench. 13 and seven assists for Colin Sexton. And THT, Taylor Horton Tucker, had four points in 21 minutes. Blazers lose 115-99. Uh, this game came down to the to the fourth quarter. This was a two point game with eleven minutes left, and the Blazers are deeply shorthanded. And they're like, Duopreth had a had a had a rough game tonight. He's probably not an NBA player right now. He's like a fringe, you know, third center type. Uh, Jamar Bowie is not an NBA player. You're playing a ton of minutes for a second round pick. Uh, Tumani Kamara, you're playing a ton of minutes for last year's second round pick, Jabari Walker. Skylar Mays was a was a two way guy before this weekend. Like this team is shorthanded, and they're and they're li- they were already having some depth. They had some depth concerns coming in. Now all that depth is just their regular players. Like the, all those depth is just like regular part of the rotation. So I like the most important thing to, to like know is that this team is just light on talent. But I think the process in the in the fourth quarter, particularly during a three-minute stretch where the game just got away from the Blazers, I think it's worth talking about the process because the the execution, like the the results are gonna be that what they are, because they're gonna be light on talent. But the process itself, how they go about it, really matters to me. It's gonna matter to me all year long because how they try to do things in informs sort of what what their plan is and and having good process and having a good plan is going to be much more important than having good results for them this year. And I don't think the plan was very good. I think the process was bad during a three minute stretch that decided this game. So we'll talk about in the, in the second segment. First, let's talk about fantasy basketball. Uh, My man, my man, Josh Lloyd, all season long, bringing you fantasy basketball picks over at Locked on Fantasy Basketball. He's the best in the game and the best doing it. But he's also partnered up with eBay Motors to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each and every week. So whether you're prepping for daily fantasy or you're scouring the waiver wire, every week I'll be right here providing you players that are a guaranteed fit for your roster, courtesy of Josh Lloyd. So let's see who he's picked for eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. He's got two players you saw play tonight. Keontae George, who's starting for the Jazz. Uh, he had 15 and 7. He's, you know, he had 20 assists in his first two starts. Rack it up, make it 27 in his first three starts. He's balling. Um, he's, he, he can play Adam to your team if you need assists. And the other name on the list you need to know is Skylar Mays. And if you're a Blazer fan, you already know. You already know. 
He's just solid. He's competent. He's not going to blow you away on offense, but he's going to push you up towards double-digit assists every single night. He's not going to turn the ball over a lot. He's not going to have like negative, like super negative shooting nights. You know, tonight he was three of eight, but you're not going to see like a three of sixteen game from Skylar May. He's not going to kill you with with um, efficiency issues if your fantasy league like mine values fantasy. Uh, Skylar Mays, uh, someone in my fantasy league, uh, picked him up before I could. I had Malcolm Brogdon and they scooped Skylar Mays before I could after Brogdon got hurt. I'm bummed because Josh is right. Skylar Mays is a is a real useful, as long as he's in the starting lineup and playing 30 minutes a night, Skylar Mays is a really useful fantasy piece. Fantasy piece. Uh, Josh from Lockdown Fantasy Basketball. My man Joshy is going to help you win your fantasy league. He's helping me. He helped me win a silver medal last year, and he's going to help you win and finish on the podium. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. They got brake kits, LED lights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available for U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. So I think this, I I know this game slipped away from the Blazers during a three-minute stretch in the fourth quarter. You know, it's a two-point game. Uh, Shane Sharp three, Shane Sharp free throws, Skylar Mays buckets, two point game. But the bench is still in there, and the, and the Blazers are running with you know Duop Brief and, and Matisse Thibel, and uh, they took a couple, they had a couple late cl- shot clock threes, late shot clock plays, uh, plus two transition threes. Right, it's like they they are rushing to take a transition three. Thibel actually was the transition three. He takes a, a rush three. Shane Sharp takes a rush three. Then there's like late clock shots. A do up wreath late like up against the shot clock buck shot. Shane Sharp up against the shot clock shot like. Or excuse me, Skylar Mays from from uh, from Shane Sharp up against the shot clock. They call timeout. Okay, we're down six. You know, it's like let's let's everyone settle down. Like we can, we we're, this game isn't over. It's like we cut it to two. We've been battling back. We've been staying with it. It's a six point game. Let's get let's get the big guns in there. Let's get DeAndre Ayton in there. Let's get Jeremy Grant in there. Uh, let's let's you know let's put our good players on the court and try to win the game. About the nine-minute marks, typical to get your starters back in the game. It's a six-point game. What more could you want? You've been hanging around in that nine to eleven range all game long. You briefly had it to two, but you're down six with with eight minutes left. This is your chance, right? This is your chance. And they run ATO. Jeremy Grant slips, turns the ball over, fast break bucket. Then they come down and they try to they run a uh, a set to get Jeremy Grant a touch in the mid post. It's a mid-post ISO. He takes a tough 16-footer. Um, there's no secondary action once he gets into the post. Everyone's just kind of getting out of his way and letting him operate. He bricks it. Then another bucket for the Jazz. The Blazers come down after a, a, a Larry Markkinen's bucket at the rim, so they're pushing because you know the Jazz are you know have their big men in the paint scoring off putbacks. It was it was an offensive rebound by Markkinen. He tips it in, so the Blazers try to run off the tip in. Tamari Kamara takes a transition three brick and the Jazz come down and get a get a drive and kick Larry Markin and Bucket. He scores seven straight and the Jazz all of a sudden are up 106-93. My my issue with these three possessions, I, I ATO 
Jeremy Grant falls down, whatever. It's just like players play. Sometimes play, those players playing fall over. Hard to know what they were exactly getting into out of that ATO because he slipped so quickly. Uh, but it was Jeremy Grant a catch in the middle of the floor, right? He's 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 at 26 points at 24 at the time. But it's like he's been pretty good. Um, getting him a touch when you need offense and the offense is kind of um, struggling is fine, right? Um, Jeremy Grant's maybe not like the most aesthetically pleasing player, but um, he's certainly one of the Blazers' best offensive players. He's probably the Blazers' best player uh, right now. Um, so like, yeah, I, it's fine. They got to go to him. It's so easy. Like even if, if the aesthetics are bad, uh, you, you got to go to him, right? He falls down, whatever. But the post-ISO, what is that? What is that? What is that? No options, no cuts, no nothing. Um, it's just not, it's, I understand that he needs touches and that's where he likes to touch it, but it's just, it's just not, it's just, it's a hard shot. And because Jeremy Grant's not a great passer and because they're not, they don't have shooters to like give him a bunch of space. So if he does get into the paint, he can kick out. Like, even if he's not a good passer, just like easy passes because you force help. You just, you're just like, okay, Jeremy Grant, take a tough 16 footer. Hopefully it goes in. Doesn't seem like great process to me. And Tamari Kamara um, misses a transition three and did not play the rest of the game. So I'm, I don't think John C. Billups loved that one. But they take a timeout. Okay? They're down... They're, they're, the game's not over. They're down 13. Um, it happened in a hurry from two points to 13. But it's like... And that was quick. That was that was a, a minute and uh, a minute and 15 seconds. All of a sudden from two... Or from six to, to 13. But you take a timeout. Still settle, still, you know, still half a quarter left. And they run an ATO to get DeAndre Ayton a post-touch. And there was an option for Shaden Sharp to come off a, a screen and, and get a shot at the top of the key. So you're either looking inside to DA or you're looking at, at the top of the key to Shaden Sharp. Well, the Jazz do a really good job of blowing up the post-touch. He's DA is definitely the first option there. They're looking to get him a touch. He hasn't touched the ball since he's been back in. It's like, again, it's been 90 seconds, but three possessions, he hasn't touched the ball. Okay. You know, turnover, ISO, transition three. I don't know. It's like they didn't give it. This is what I want a lot of opportunities for. Uh, but like they run a play to try to get DA the ball. It gets blown up. It's good defense. But Shane Sharp doesn't run hard off the screen because he's exhausted. And he um, there's no he just doesn't get instead of coming cleanly off a pick getting into a good looking shot. He just not isn't there. And the timing is off. So then they have to. um you know, they have to kind of just say, okay, that didn't work. Swing the ball around. They end up getting a late clock, uh, a late clock three from Shaden Sharp who catches it, you know, coming off the screen eventually. And it's just like the play didn't work. And now you're looking, 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 doesn't work. Oh, the second option didn't, the timing's bad. Okay. Shaden bail us out. Late clock three, he misses. Next time down, the Blazers get all the way to the paint. Shaden, uh, Skylar Mays gets into the paint, can't score. Blazers miss a putback. Blazers miss a second putback. Uh, they go 0 for 3 right at the rim. They're one of the worst finishing teams in the league. But, like, that's fine. That's good process. You get to the rim. You run pick and roll stuff to get your point guard to the rim. You go for, you know, DeAndre Ayton crashes. Shaden Sharp crashes. Sharp just missed a wide-open layup. It happens. Um, he's tired, I think. And then the next possession, they get out in transition. And Shaden Sharp, uh, off a, off a, off a uh, long rebound, they get out in transition. And Shaden Sharp gets fouled and missed both free throws. Jazz come down, run a little horn set, and get a layup off a back pick. They're up 15 with 5 minutes and 40 seconds left. That's your game. That's 2 minutes and 57 seconds. During that stretch, the Blazers go 0 for 5 from the floor with a turnover. 
I don't really think the missing shots, like, you know, you go 0 for 5, but three of them are missed layups on putbacks. That's just un- unlucky. One of them's a late clock three. That's a hard shot to take. Uh, one of them is Tamari Kumara taking a very bold transition three. Um, I don't think the shooting is the problem. I don't even think the outcome is the problem. The Blazers go six empty possessions in the course of three minutes and lose the game on the road. Whatever. That's going to happen. My beef with this is the process isn't very good. What are the Blazers trying to do? That's, this is, this is winning time. This is, this is the eight minute and 37 second mark to the five minute and 40 40 second mark in a six point game, a six point game that blew up to a 15 point game, but a six point game. What are they trying to do? Um, Some of it is their players, right? It's like talent is a thing. They, it's hard to run two man game with Jeremy Grant because as a, as a ball handler, doesn't have a super tight handle, not a very good passer. Um, and, and you know, he, he just needs more space because of his handle and size and kind of how he operates. Like he's not a, he's not a good pick and roll operator. He's not a very good screener either because he doesn't set big physical screens. And he doesn't roll hard to the rim. He's a guy who's going to score as a spacer and in isolation. So it's hard to run two man action with Grant, right? DeAndre Ayton has been pretty good. In this whole game, it's pretty good. I thought I thought DeAndre Ayton was, was was solid as heck in this game. Blazers don't look for him maybe enough on switches. I still I've been complaining about that all year. I'll still complain about it tonight. It's like sometimes he gets a switch. If they switch the five man, get DeAndre Ayton a touch. Um, some of that's coaching, I think, and some of that is just like bad fundamentals from the players on the court of like getting into the right spot and throwing a good entry pass. A lost art in the NBA. There's not a single good team in the league at throwing entry passes because I've made the Nuggets, but even then. Uh, they can, uh, their big guy just walks into it. Um, so you can, you know, DA has been pretty good, but it's like, he's, he's not this pick and roll beast without a great pick and roll operator, but I'd still like to see him run it. I'd still like to see them run it. I'd still like to see in this, in this situation, have Deandre Ayton as a, as you know, at the foul line as an entry in horns, run a handoff off him, run, then let him pitch back and run, pick and roll. Like let him get a touch in the middle of the court or let him go or run, you know, a little dummy action to get him on a side, empty side, pick and roll, whatever it looks like. Just like get DeAndre Aiden in two man action, get him a touch at 15 feet and make that, make that part of the plan. Shane Sharp's not a great operator in the pick and roll either. He's, he's definitely come a long way. I mean, he's certainly better than he's ever been, but he's not, he's not like really smooth in it. And the Blazers are down a bunch of point guards, right? Like, I get it. I get it. The talent is the problem. But I, I think this stretch where it's like the coach had to call a draw up a play in the, in the huddle to, to try to get DeAndre in a touch and the, the team failed to do it. Uh, they get one paint touch in the whole in that during that that stretch, and it's Skyler Mays getting himself into the paint because he's one of the few dudes who can dribble. It's just like they don't have an action when the Blazers need a bucket, and I think this is something I want to watch all year, and I'll leave it at this because I don't want to kill them for this game. They're just like kind of light on talent, but I, I think this is like a thing that's sticking out to me. When the Blazers need a bucket, late in games, winning time final eight minutes of a game, final six minutes of a game, final three minutes of a game. What are they doing? Like, what's the thing that you know they're going to do? I don't think we know yet. I, I don't think they have a cohesive plan for that. 
Some of it is injuries and new parts and skill sets and all those things. Like the roster is the biggest issue. But the process was bad here. And it worries me that if the process, it worries me that the results are going to be bad no matter what. So if the process is bad too, that's the red flag. Those are my thoughts of the fourth quarter. Uh, Jabari Walker played well. <laughs> I thought Jabari Walker played well. And I thought um, DeAndre Ayton getting 17 shot attempts is a nice development. Let's get DeAndre Ayton 15 plus shot attempts every single game. Oh, oh yeah, and the Blazers didn't turn the ball over much in the second half. Five turnovers after after uh, 12 in that first half. It kind of put them behind the eight ball. Cleaner, A cleaner game. Maybe not a very good, well executed game but a cleaner a cleaner game uh for them for them after halftime okay let's talk rebuilds the jazz and the blazers are on a similar path and they are do they are walking that path in very different ways i think it's worth uh unpacking the two different rebuilding approaches we've seen from utah and portland uh, who faced off tonight and are both you know towards the bottom of the western conference standings and hoping that in two years or whatever that they're at the top let's talk about that to close the show but first i want to tell you about ibotta look thanksgiving is next week and ibotta wants to fill your thanksgiving table or allow you to fill your thanksgiving table and give you some cash back along the way Talk about getting some extra gravy on your turkey. All November long for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything you need to make for your Thanksgiving feast. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload the receipt. Ibotta gives you cash back, not just during Thanksgiving, but on 100 grocery items all year long. But right now, they're giving you 100%. They're matching dollar for dollar cash back. Other apps are going to give you points. Points don't really amount to much. You know, if you're if you're a points maven, you know that what you want is real cold hard cash, and that's what Ibotta does. You can just get that cash to your bank account, to PayPal, or however you want to do it. It's not just uh, during the during this time. This time is a great to take great time to take advantage. But if you use Ibotta and you download the app, you can you can get cash back all the time on normal stuff you buy, like when you're shopping at Lowe's or Macy's or Sephora, Best Buy, and plenty of other retailers. So download that Ibotta app right now. Use the code LOCK to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner all November long. And look, you got a week left. Go do it. It's Time's a tick. And just go to the App Store or Google Play Store, download the free Ibotta app, and use the code LOCK. That's L-O-C-K-E-D. Again, that's Ibotta in the Google Play or App Store. I-B-O-T-T-A. And use the code LOCKED. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Rich, and you're still listening to Locked on Blazers. It strikes me tonight that we were watching the Jazz play with purple uniforms on a purple court that looked bad. (laughs) I didn't like how it looked. It was too much purple. Um, We need more contrast. But you know where there was contrast? In the two approaches to the rebuild in Portland and Utah. Utah is is maybe a year ahead of Portland in the process. They, last offseason... Traded Rudy Gobert to Minnesota, traded Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland, and got back a whole haul of draft picks. But they also got back veteran players, and they kept some veteran players on the roster for, for an extended period. Jared Vanderbilt and, and Michael Conley, uh, 
you know, getting Lowry Markin and a young veteran who turned out to be an all-star and is just a really good player, blossomed in Utah in, in Will Hardy's system. They found he found a place that fits exactly what he wants to what he is capable of and and then giving him that responsibility and the opportunity to spread his wings where he just didn't he just wasn't that in his first uh you know five seasons in the league. But they didn't bottom out. In fact, the Jazz didn't have draft picks in 2022 when they were uh, about to make the pivot off of Gobert and uh, and Gobert and and Mitchell. Instead, they traded for two draft picks. Like part of the part of the haul back was a for, was uh, Oshai Baji, the the Cavs selection, who was 14th overall, and Walker Kessler, who was the Timberwolves 22nd selection overall. These are the end of the lottery at 14 and the back half of the first round at 22 with uh, with Ogbaji and, and Kessler. Kessler was top three in Rookie of the Year voting last year. Agbaji played 26 minutes as their starting small forward tonight. Guys who can contribute. But they didn't bottom out last year. Like, they eventually traded away veterans and had to make a decision. Uh, You know, it was like they were kind of vaguely competitive, and because of the way the play-in works, more teams are competitive for longer. And it's like, well... What if we make the playoffs? But eventually at the trade deadline, they decided, yeah, yes, we would rather make a deal with the Lakers and get another future draft pick, you know, and Taylor Horton Tucker and and all that. And like, and, and have, you know, clear up some, clear up some future money, get off some future money with, with um, Conley and Vanderbilt out of there and like have a boatload of cap space and sure, why not? So then they did trade away vets and they did kind of fade down the stretch when they had a, a worse roster, when they didn't have the high level competency of Mike Conley in there, but they didn't bottom out. They finished with the, their own pick ended up being ninth in the lottery and they had the ninth worst record in the league, but they had draft picks because they made trades. So they had nine and they had 16. Nine, they have Taylor Hendricks, who's um, in the G-, G League right now, still kind of needs some seasoning. And 16 is Keontae George, who's now their starting point guard. And and, and then the back half of the first round, they had uh, 28 and they got Bryce Sensabaugh forward from Ohio, Ohio State. Uh, like, um, who's also, who's also was not in the active roster tonight. But it's, they weren't, top of the lottery they weren't in the Wemby sweepstakes in any meaningful way right they were they were low you know they're 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 in the outside of the top five looking like you know in 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 places nine and 16 where it's much harder to find stars like it's just harder to find stars um it's it's true it happens all the time. You can go. You can go point to a bunch of opportun- of uh, examples of it, but it's it's harder. Like I think the history of the league and all the all NBA teams over the last, I don't know, thirty five years bared out. It's hard to find stars. And yet Utah, so Utah goes in this offseason. They don't have top. They don't have top tier draft picks, but they got a bunch of young players to add to their sort of veteran young veteran core with with George and Markin and. And they make an easy trade because they have all this cap space. They say, John Collins is available and we can get him for Rudy Gay in a draft pick. Basically just salary dumping John Collins out of Atlanta and the Jazz with their cap space absorb him easily. A second round pick and Rudy Gay and, Rudy, and the rights to Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay's contract to make it work. Easy peasy. So... The rebuild continues with another young veteran on a big contract for a couple more seasons. They don't have that top-tier star, and they don't have that top-tier high-level draft pick 
um, that's maybe going to turn into a star. Walker Kessler is really good, and like he might end up being really good. But like I don't think anyone watches Walker Kessler play and says like he's going to be. Um, you know, maybe like defensive player of the year, you might say, but like, you know, no, it's like, it's like this dude is going to be one of the 10 best players in the league at some point. No, he's just going to be a really good player for a long time in the NBA, but to win, you need top tier talent. And I think the jazz are kind of short on that. You look at the Blazers who kind of went the other way, as opposed to a team that, um, you know, has prioritized being somewhat competitive. They're a team that's super duper duper young, six players who are either in their first or second year. And while their trades landed them back some veteran players like uh, Rob Williams and and uh, and. Malcolm Brogdon, I was gonna say Drew Holiday. I don't I don't think they have Drew Holiday. And a young veteran, I think DeAndre Ayton is in some ways comparable to Markin. And it's not this, it's like not apples to, to orange it's not apples to apples. Uh it's apples to I don't know, starfruit or something. But it's like it's you know, young veteran who obviously has talent type of thing, like still still in their mid twenties and, and can take off. It's just um and Markin's been now has been paid and yada yada yada. So uh, it's it it's somewhat similar, although not a, a immediately analogous. But what uh, analogous? Excuse me. Um, it's the difference is that the Blazers bottomed out twice. The year that Dame got hurt, his second to last season, they pulled the plug for six weeks. Last year, they truly pulled the plug for the final ten games. Um, they have they have operated as a team chasing high level draft picks, and instead of picking at nine and 16 or, you know, 14 and nine or two highest draft picks the Jazz have had over the last two years, seven and three have been the two highest draft picks the Blazers have had over the last two years. And seven, they had, they dropped back to seven. They had, they had odds, odds to finish um, with the six, you know, six worst record in the NBA. It is a different path. Because you're playing 20-year-old Shaden Sharp and he's part of this future. And maybe Keontae George's falls in that same sort of realm, although he was the 16th pick in the draft. But Scoot is like a is a type of pick, and you know, he hasn't been very good to begin his his career, but like is a little early to sell on Scoot. Um, I would if you're selling Scoot stock, I would love to get your shares. Uh but the Blazers are a team that prioritize high level, high draft picks, high, high lottery picks to get there. And the Jazz prioritize future draft picks down the line, but like young, young veterans and not bottoming out. Here's the difference. The Blazers and Jazz are not going to be players in free agency. The Jazz have more ammunition to trade for the next star. The Blazers are in a different spot right now and they may end up trading away picks and and have and the ammunition i mean it's just like a bunch of draft capital draft capital and you have some money to make it work you know and 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 the but the draft capital is the thing the jazz have how do both teams are going to have to take that step via the trade market how do you trade for the thing or the player that you know the player the player or the players not the thing or the player the player or the players that puts you over the top because the Jazz need top end talent, they need a they need a star. The Blazers, in theory, may have drafted one of those in Shaden Sharp or or um, or Scoot Henderson, but it takes a long time to get to that. Like it's that's I think it's pretty clear this is going to be a, a several season levels of patience for either of those gentlemen to be like a 
bona fide star in the league. Shane Sharp's been really good this year, um, but he's still he's still growing. He's still he's still learning and growing. The challenge with and the Blazers might bottom out again and get another high draft pick, and you get another chance at a star and another thing. I don't. The Jazz will see where they end up. You know, they've got their own pick, top ten protected, and then a bunch of future picks in twenty twenty five, and a bunch of future picks in twenty twenty seven. Over the next, over the next four drafts, the Jazz have let's count them up: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine picks over the next four drafts. Nine first round picks over the next four drafts. More picks, you know what to do with. They're going to have to cash them in. And the Blazers this season have to figure out what their direction is. The Jazz were patient; they didn't go for it this year. They made a trade to say, "Okay, let's add another okay young, you know, decent young player and John Collins and continue to build and and and." When the, when a player that we want and the, the the thing that we want is available, we can make a big trade to make it happen. And the Blazers have to figure out what their direction is. What does Scoot do? What does Shaden do? And where to get there? Because they don't have that sort of like, um, sort of core veteran group. You know, maybe they do when they're fully healthy, and we'll see. But that core veteran group that's like Clarkson and Markinen and Sexton to some extent. Um, and, and John Collins a little bit, like who you say, okay, this team's going to be not awful. The Blazers right now might, they're just like young and they might, they don't have that. That's not what they, uh, with the injuries they have and everything. It's just like, they're going to, they're going to be a team that scuffles a little bit. The question is, what do you do next? And I think because of the route the Jazz took and, and the route that the Blazers took, what they do next is the Blazers are maybe waiting for the draft picks to pop while the Jazz are waiting for the trade market to open up. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. A long one, a long one on a Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Uh, Blazers play the Cavs tonight. So guess what? Tomorrow's show, Thursday's show in your feed, November 16th. We'll talk about the Cavs game. We do this five days a week wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.